You're listening to the Well-Built Humans Podcast, brought to you by Well-Built Supplements, Well-Built Kettlebells, and Flanaflage. Welcome to the Well-Built Humans Podcast, episode number seven, a turkey hunting story and why fitness matters. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I just got back from a recent hunting trip to the great state of Nebraska. And, uh, you know, up until a couple of years ago, I quite honestly wouldn't have known that Nebraska was famous for the wild turkey. Uh, parts of Nebraska, I shouldn't say all of Nebraska, but um, last year was uh, blessed with the opportunity to go hunting uh, in that great state in the in the Kearney area, we'll just call it that. We'll keep names out of this for, you know, just to make sure you're not trying to hunt the same land in the future as I am <laughs> and some of my buddies. Um, but last year just had a fantastic trip with several of some really good dudes. I mean, part of the camaraderie of, of hunting and fishing is, or part of the blessing of those things is the camaraderie. Like, I love to hunt and fish, and I'll do those things by myself, but it doesn't quite compare to sharing those experiences with other people, friends, family, kids. There's just something special about it. There's just something pure and right about it. And last year, we got to experience a, a great hunt, and many of us got a chance to harvest a bird with our with archery equipment only last year and because uh, it was the early archery season. This year, this year we went... Uh, during the part part of the season where you could do either you could do shotgun or archery so i bought i brought both weapons this year um just because uh, you know whatever the weather might do and uh, there's just so many variables when it comes to hunting and when it comes to turkey hunting in general or, or hunting anything with archery equipment it can it can be it's significantly more challenging than with a shotgun shotgun uh you know the kill rate is obviously way higher it's uh, easier and the game can, it extends your range. You do not have to, um, you know, the, the, the whatever you're hunting doesn't have to get as close um, when you have a gun. So, and, and, and I think a shotgun is a little bit easier to carry than a bow and all those things. So I digress. So I brought both of them this year um, with the intention of first um, harvesting with a bow and then I was going to purchase an additional tag and then uh, you know, maybe use my shotgun or just use archery the whole time. Well, uh, as the weather would have it, it was very, very warm uh, for this time of year and incredibly windy. And so it was just a unique hunting experience, just like hunting always is. And turkeys, as as dumb as people may think they are, are completely unpredictable. When you think they're going to do one thing, they do the other and uh, while they may seem unintelligent, man, they have some of the sharpest senses in the world with their eyesight and their hearing. And they're just a very paranoid bird. Anything's out of sorts sometimes, they, they, they're gone. Or you think there, there'd be no reason for them not to come in to your decoy or whatever, and they just won't. <laughs> they're, they're really interesting creatures. And beautiful creatures, despite their you know ugly head and ugly feet. Uh, you know, that people call them dinosaurs with wings. They are really a beautiful bird. And out in Nebraska, you, you can get 
um, different subspecies of the wild turkey. There's a Miriam, there's Easterns, and there's these hybrids of, of Eastern and Miriams. Miriams kind of have that really cool whitish uh, sand colored uh, part of their tail uh, really makes them look really cool. I think all turkeys are, are pretty beautiful. Like their plumage and their feathers are really neat. Uh, but so I digress. It, it was a it was a fun trip, and I can't wait to go again next year. But I want to talk about how how fitness matters when it comes to your recreation. Uh, I think it's important to have some some recreation in your life. And, and I mean, if you have a pulse, you probably do. Now your recreation might be different than mine. You might like to knit. I'm not much of a knitter. You might like to paint. I'm not much of a painter. Uh, you might like to do some things that don't require much physical energy uh, in your recreation. I would challenge that if you do not have a recreation that challenge that uh, you know makes you that challenge you phys- challenges you physically or at least keeps you active. Okay, I'm not saying hunting and fishing are oftentimes super physical because because it's not. I mean, uh, climbing into a tree stand isn't that physical. Um, however, and this might, I might be getting to my point earlier than I want in this monologue is that the ability to be able to climb into a tree stand, you know, like the one that before, uh, you know, stands are getting all fancy now. Um, actually there's still some, you know, more traditional stands and that's how I prefer to hunt. But, you know, people are in box blinds with heaters and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, it's, but it's a luxurious thing. Uh, it eliminates the you know the external factors of the weather and and how long can you sit out there in the cold? I mean, you just get to sit there, you know, while your kids plays on his uh, you know his Nintendo Switch and video games. And it's not really it takes away a big part of that nature and hunting experience. Uh, I'm sure it has some upsides, you know, like you know getting getting people in the outdoors that otherwise couldn't and stuff like that. Like you know, I want I'm not here to completely bash that style of hunting. Um, but the ability to climb into a tree stand or the ability to do deer drives, um, with your buddies, you know, instead of just being the stander all the time, because you're 50 pounds overweight and you can't hike anymore, but that's self-inflicted oftentimes, you know, I'm not saying for those people that have a random injury and you can't control that. I get it. But if it's self-inflicted, man, like, um, those are repercussions to neglecting your health and fitness. Um, fishing. Okay. Fishing isn't very physically exerting. You know, there's forms of it that can be, you know, like if you're, you're a fly fisherman and you're kind of covering a lot of, you know, maybe you're covering some miles, um, hiking to different spots and you're fly fishing and you're in the, you're having to, um, work against water when you're moving like that, you know, that's a little more physically exerting than leaning back on your bass fishing chair looking at all your electronics and just, you know, <laughs> catching fish rather than having to work for it. Uh, so there's different forms of that. And then, you know, if you're on the coasts or, or deep sea fishing and you're having to haul in or, uh, you know, a, a bigger fish or a shark, or if you're musky fishing and you're tossing those big plugs all day long, that can get rather physically exerted. Um, now I want to talk about this, you know, the story in Nebraska when I, you know, I was lucky enough to, or blessed enough to harvest a, a turkey. And it was on day two. And the guy that I was hunting with, also named Brandon, um, was able to 
harvest a turkey the following day in, in similar fashion, covering lots of ground, hiking and checking and hiking and sneaking and climbing down some of these draws and back up these draws. And we were able to both get turkeys in similar fashion. It's a very fun, um, physically exerting way to, to hunt. And so the one that I got, we had just come home from a long first half of the day of hunting. Yeah, we, you know, we hunted for the first five hours of the day. And most of that was, you know, hiking and stalking and whatever. And we came back to where we were staying and we have a, you know, elevated position in, in this, we're on, a, on the top of a hill and we're glassing the 50 or so acres that we can hunt. And we were able to um, spot a tom with, uh, excuse me, two toms with a hen down in the field below several hundred yards away. And, you know, after a long first half of the day, you're kind of shot. You're like, maybe we can catch some, catch a quick nap and, and some lunch. And uh, the other Brandon says, why don't you go get him? Go grab that shotgun and go get him. Go run and gun him. And I, I took that as a, I mean, it was good counsel. It was good wisdom. I mean, we're there to hunt after all, right? You know, that's we could talk about discipline for a second. Like, <laughs> Did I want to go do that at that moment in time? No. But did I want the result of getting a turkey? Yes. So I, I uh, empowered myself with some discipline to like, well, I talked to myself into it rather than out of it. I'm like, you know, I'm here to hunt in the first place, so I might as well hunt. I enjoy hunting, even though I'm tired right now. So I know I'm going to enjoy this. I just have to get in the process of doing it. And I do want to get a turkey. And if I don't go out there and get that turkey, that might be, that might be my only opportunity to get a turkey. So I went, okay, and uh, you know, as soon as I started getting my body moving, uh, you know, I started to get into the hunt. So I sneak over. I knew I had a, I had some ground to cover, and from an elevated position, and they're down below. You, you have to be concealed. They see everything. <laughs> you, when you think that there's no way that that turkey can see me, even though they're several hundred yards away, but if you're on the ridge or the horizon, they see something sneaking through. I mean, they get nervous and they'll they'll flee, they'll they'll run away. So I had to cut back, you know, over the hill, then come back. Um, so I was completely concealed, and then I had to cut down into a cedar draw. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, later I found out that there was an actual trail through these cedars. <laughs> I didn't know that, but so I'm sitting there backsliding, getting thorns all up my butt. Um, on my hamstrings and my hands and my elbows, my forearms, I'm plucking these thorns out as I'm sliding on my butt on my side and like doing some really deep squatting, lunging, maneuvering through these branches. These cedar draws are incredibly thick. And I finally get through to the bottom of it and look into this cornfield where I thought they might be. Well, they weren't. So um, the cool thing about this experience was kind of like a Western hunt in that sometimes in a western hunt, I've never really done this, point, you know, you'll have a spotter, someone who can see or glass from above and explain to you where the game's going. Well, I had my buddy doing that. And so he's telling me, no, they're in the, now they're in the next draw. You know, so I sneak over to this next set of cedars so I could conceal my movement again. And I'm trying to get a visual on these turkeys. And um, he's like, no, they're over the hill. Um, you need to sprint to the next set of cedars. So I sprint to the next set of cedars across the cornfield um, with, with, with stalks 
um, that were all oh, about a couple feet high. So I'm, you know, and those are very loud. Like if you kick them, they're super loud. And I didn't want to alarm, you know, the turkeys. So I'm sitting here like bobbing, weaving, like I was on an agility ladder, like swiveling my legs through and, and, and like, um, high kneeing it through, through that, through the cornfield. Uh, I'm sure it was a sight to see <laughs> from above. And I finally get to the next set of cedars and I still can't see him. Um, he's like, and I get a text from, um, Brandon. He's like, this is how he's communicating with me. I didn't have a headset or anything. He said, they're across the valley now. These things just are like nomads. They just wander. But this time, you know, uh, I looked across the valley and I could see, I could see the turkeys. And I'm like, okay, I was kind of in a bind because there wasn't much in between us. Now I just had to kind of wait for an opportunity to make a move. There's still a couple hundred yards away from me. There's no way I could take a shot. And so I was waiting for them. They're moving left to right in this uh, cow pasture. And, and there was a couple cedars that they were moving towards, another chunk of cedars. And soon as that last turkey got into those cedars, there was probably like a 20-yard window where they were concealed. My movement was concealed. They couldn't see me. I couldn't see them. And at that point, I don't remember how far it was. It may have been 100 yards. It may have been 80 yards. But I just, um, right as I'm about to take off and sprint, my phone goes buzz, buzz. It buzzes in my pocket. And it's Brandon saying, run. I was about to do that anyways, but it was validating. He saw what I was seeing. So I just take off this field, you know, if you can envision you know, sprinting in the wide open shotgun in hand and uh, keeping making sure that I'm, that the turkeys aren't getting outside of that shield of the, of the cedars. I make it all the way to the cedars. Now my heart's pumping. I'm out of breath. I'm sweating because it's super warm out. And now I lose sight of them again because um, they worked up through some cedars. And now I, I really had no idea where they went. I don't know if they went left. They went right. I know they didn't go behind me because I would have seen that. Or I didn't know if they moved away at an angle from me. So now I have to sneak again through the cedars, now uphill. So now I'm on my I'm belly crawling, um, bear crawling, um, again, squatting, deep lunging, lifting branches over my head to, make, to be quiet so branches aren't snapping and I'm not making a bunch of noise. The nice thing about this is in Nebraska, it's always windy. So you do have some noise canceling, so to speak. Because uh, they're just hearing the wind whipping and there's just this constant um, white noise, if you will, of the wind. So I'm making my way through and just as I'm getting through the last set of cedars, I didn't see anything, you know, directly in front of me. But it's like you have to be so careful. You're like, you know, you feel like you need to turn into an owl where you're doing 360 degrees. Your head's turning all the way around trying to cover all of your bases to make sure that there's not a head popping out somewhere. And I, I stand up and I still have a, a cedar to my right blocking my view where I thought that they probably were. And as I'm starting to break out of that cedar tree, I'm like peeking my head and boom, there's, there's one of the toms. And I was almost certain that he saw me uh, because he, it looked like he was looking. You know, they, you know, he was standing sideways to me, but if you've ever seen turkey's eyes, I mean, they can see you sideways. And I'm like, shoot. He sees me and I just, I tried to, I tried to like melt back into the cedars. And, uh, as I did, as I did, so he kind of, uh, you know, his, he didn't get super nervous. He didn't putt. 
You know, if you've ever been turkey hunting before, they make that putting noise, put, 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 and you know you're screwed. Uh, he didn't do that, but his body language was that he was a little bit nervous, so he started walking towards these cedars. And I kind of, I had managed to melt into this cedar and get my gun up, and now I'm kind of in a half-kneeling position, and I have the a shotgun shouldered. Interestingly enough, I was using my son's 20-gauge youth model. <laughs> I just had some, I, I had some turkey load. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to bring this thing and, uh, I have it shouldered. I'm looking down the barrel and I realize that I'm at a fence line and the turkey's on the other side of the fence that I don't have permission on. And there's horses in the background. So I'm like, shoot, I can't shoot him. He's 30 yards away walking broadside to me with a shotgun. I mean, that is a chip shot, such an easy shot. So I have to walk, I watch him. I watch him walk right into those cedars. And if, if I can backtrack for a second, um, I like to say that I was hidden very well because I was wearing the flanaflage, uh, quarter zip, cedar tree. Literally, the pattern's called cedar tree. Uh, it, awesome for hunting in cedars. My goodness, it was perfect. Even when Brandon um, from above was watching me, he says, I the only time I could see you is I could see your legs because my legs were, I was wearing some Sitka pants um, and they're a lighter camo breakup pattern. And he's like, that's the only way I could, I could only see your legs. I couldn't see your upper half because you blended right into the cedar trees. I'm like, awesome. Well, that's, uh, that's kind of what we were looking for with that pattern. So shameless plug right there to, for the, for the, the hoodie. So, Turkey enters into the cedars and I'm thinking, well, shoot, there goes my chance. That's just how it is with turkey hunting. <laughs> you know, it's just sometimes they just elude you no matter what. And as soon as uh, my hopes were, you know, I was feeling a little bit like I, not that I blew it, but, you know, I, like I felt like I had him. I had him and he got away simply because I didn't have permission on that, on that section. Well, I get, again in my pocket, buzz, buzz. I look down, grab my phone out real quick and I see a message from Brandon saying, to your left, Tom coming. I put it back down into my pocket and I, and I just glanced over to the left and here comes one of those Toms strutting. Now I'm elevated slightly, um, so he's down below me and he's strutting, he's probably, I don't know, 30, 40 yards at most away. And again, a, a chip shot for the most part with a shotgun. So I just shouldered my gun and he had no clue I was there and pow, dropped him. And, and then there was those feelings of, uh, of excitement, like, yeah, yeah. And then there's the feelings of like, I think every hunter has is that, that bittersweet, uh, you know, you should cue like bittersweet symphony when that happens. Like it's, it's a very, um, exciting but at the same time, there's a, there's a bit of remorse because it's a beautiful creature. I think every hunter experiences that. And, uh, and then I went down and, you know, examined it and just, uh, you know, stood at, you know, stood over it and just kind of appreciated it and admired it because it's just a beautiful animal. And then I realized I had about 500 yards left to hike with this thing over my shoulder, <laughs> which is another chore in and of itself. So... I, I, not to beat a dead horse here or to beat a dead turkey here, 
uh, I think you kind of get the point, even amongst a hunting story, of how much my fitness mattered in that circumstance. Um, the ability to to squeeze my way through some cedars um, and not being, you know, uh, much larger than I than I should be with for my frame, meaning I'm not overweight. Um, having the flexibility and mobility to maneuver through some of those instances, having the ability to high knee, having the agility to make my way through those corn stalks, having the ability to run, sprint um, in between those draws across that field, and then to, again, um, have the upper body strength and mobility to maneuver my way through those cedars uphill. And and then to have, I guess, the fitness capacity to to still be able to shoulder my gun, make a good shot, and then still be able to hike all the way uphill um, back to where we were staying, uh, all requires a pretty, I would say, above average level of fitness that, quite to be blunt, most people do not have. And I think they rob themselves of experiences like this one uh, because they might say, I, I just don't have the time for it anymore, which might be real. Um, they, you know, but... I know in, in a lot of people's hearts that there's experiences that they want to do, that they've procrastinated on, and they might use other excuses as to why they haven't done it, but um, I guarantee you that their fitness capacity is limiting their experiences in the great outdoors or limiting their experiences um, in other things that are physically taxing simply because they've allowed themselves to get deconditioned, out of shape, overweight, etc. So here's my, here's my, my lesson and encouragement to all of you is if you have been to use the well-built humans slogan, um, if you have been lazy, cause I, you know, well-built humans slogan is don't be lazy with your health, with your nutrition. Um, and you find yourself in a rather lethargic state. And there are some things that you used to love doing or that you would love to do adventurous uh, I would say set a goal, say, set a goal, set a date, heck, you want to be super accountable, go buy the tickets or if it requires a plane flight or some sort of financial accountability that you are going to do this event. And now you have to work towards that event to make sure that you're in the shape needed to go do it. It could be an elk hunt. It could be a turkey hunt out West. It could be, um, it could be, you know, an athletic event. You've always wanted to do some sort of, you know, CrossFit or um, weightlifting competition or, or heck, you know, you probably know this about me. I'm not a huge fan of, of cardio, but say you want to run a 5K um, and then and that you have to work towards that. Maybe you want to run a half marathon. I think that's crazy. <laughs> but set the, set the date and begin training for it. Have some accountability do something physical. Don't be lazy. Thank you for listening to this monologue, episode number seven. Why fitness matters because it matters for your recreation. God bless. Thanks for listening.